Hey there, I'm Lindsay Zarniak, and this is Players, conversations with country artists about their interest in sports. This week's guest is the awesome Scotty McCreary. If you know his name, it's probably because he won American Idol back in 2011, but he has had a ton of success since. Some fun things about Scotty that I learned in our conversation, he adores Tom Brady, not a shock because most of the planet does. Uh, he loves scary movies and he met his wife in kindergarten. I think that's amazing. And the stories that he shares around those topics are pretty cool. But the one thing that I took from this that I was floored by was the amount of uh, challenge, I would say, that he's gone through in his career. Things were great and then he hit a massive roadblock. But what he left me with was understanding that him choosing to believe in himself and take one action in selling something he believed in turned into his biggest hit so far. Scotty McCreary, tremendous guy, still lives in North Carolina, but we convinced him to come to Nashville to talk to me. Not just talk to me, it was CMA week, so he had a lot to, you know, that was signed up to do. But he fit me in, and we had a great long conversation, and I think he might want to come back and talk about scary movies at some point, so we'll definitely do that. But I really hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, because I learned a heck of a lot from this guy, and, uh, and I think he's really cool. So CMA week here in Nashville, yeah. I mean, what is this like for you in your life? Which I imagine is pretty crazy anyway. Yeah, it's crazy anyway. This week gets a little crazier, but in a good way. I mean, everybody's in town and the awards are here and with the awards come all the artists and just a bunch of friends coming back together and hanging out. and. Uh, it's fun. My wife comes into town, she's back at the apartment, and she's like, you, you go do your thing, I'll, I'll be here and hanging out. But yeah, I love this week. It's a lot, but I love this week. What's the best part about it? Probably the after parties of the, of the show. <laughs> the show itself is great, CMA Awards, and, but I think it's the after party when it really gets fun and everybody's just cracking up and hanging out. And You don't get to do that too much, you know, here. Everybody's so focused, but it's... Uh, like with fellow artists and stuff. For people that yeah. don't have the opportunity to do that kind of thing, take me inside. What is that actually like to like go a, to one of those after parties as, oh, if, as an artist, right? Yeah, well, it's everybody. I'm still a fan of a lot of these people, so I'll be chilling, just hanging out with my crew and everybody, and then here comes... Blake or Keith Urban or whoever. I'm George Strait's walking around sometimes. Normally he does his own thing, but it's just fun. Everybody's just their own person and relaxed and laid back and no stage personas or anything. They're just being mm -hmm. them. It's just fun. Is there um, any person in particular that you get starstruck around? Oh, George would be that guy and Garth. Yeah. Really? Guys. But you know, the coolest thing is after meeting them, like, First time I met George Strait, he came up to me and was like, hey, Scotty. And I was like, uh, what? How, how the heck do you know me? But uh, just like, how you doing? And they're just good guys, good people. That's what you find a lot in country music. Everybody's just nice. Yeah. Wow. And you still live in North Carolina. I do, yeah. Born and raised there. It's just home. It's home for me. So why? So why, why don't you move here? I'm here. I know you are here I've a lot. Got, you I've got, got the... my apartment and we're here. But I, I don't know. I think for me... Uh, the way I got started, I got started at 17 years old on Idol, and mm -hmm. it was just, I went out there to Los Angeles for like four or five months, and it was just, it was away from family and away from friends, and uh, to me, that's such a valued part of my life, is my friends that I've grown up with since I was five, and my family, and having them close, and getting married, and having everybody kind of together. Uh, I just think it's important. Eventually, I could see ourselves mm -hmm. settling down here and calling Nashville home, but for now. Carolina. When I was just watching the clip of you winning Idol. Oh, yeah. When you think back to that moment when you were there waiting for them to call someone's name. Yeah, somebody. What goes yeah. through your mind? What were you? I was blank. I don't remember. Really? I don't remember anything from like that moment, the lead up to that, afterwards. I, I just went blank. But I do remember just the s from Ryan. Like when he started saying my name, I was like, oh, that's me. And then it just kind of. That's so funny because I was wondering because when you listen to it, yeah, you can hear that's the first thing, yeah, obviously, because that's your name. But um, <laughs> wow. And then. And then it just confetti and I was hugging people I didn't know. I, it was just, I was all over the place. But I mean, it's an awesome moment. It was the culmination of months and months of hard work and cameras and lights and few months before that, I was bagging groceries and playing baseball. Like, it, it was a complete 180 from my life, but uh, definitely for the better. That is crazy. When you think about how much that changed, what was that like for you? Uh, it's wild. That's the thing I love about those shows is that it really gets your next-door neighbor and all of a sudden puts them in that national spotlight. So, for me, I was... Joe Schmidt, I was singing at coffee shops before that, doing little small showcases and things, nothing, nothing big at all. And then all of a sudden, you're in front of 20 million people a night, and it's just like, go. Steven Tyler and Jennifer Lopez are sitting there, and it's just like, oh my gosh, this is wild. But 
just all kind of came at once. I'm a very go with the flow guy and just went with it. Sometimes your flow is a little bit bigger, yeah, right? <laughs> absolutely. That was a massive flow for sure. God, you know, it's funny because when you talk about um, that moment, I love talking to athletes and Plexico Burris one time was describing the way that moment felt when he caught that game-winning um, touchdown pass. Oh, yeah. And he said everything went silent. And it. all That's he could hear so cool. was the ball in his hands, really? right? And the way he described it, I was on the edge of my seat listening to him. So I think about those moments for an artist and what that must be like. Yeah. What, what is a moment like that like for you? It's similar. It's kind of like stepping out on stage that first time or playing the hit song and folks are singing it back to you. It's just kind of like everything goes numb and it's just, it's a sensation that you just don't get anywhere else. You work hard and you're hoping folks hear the song, hope they like the song. And all of a sudden they're screaming for it and they're singing it back and it's like, man, this is, this is what it's all about, you know? This is yeah. why I do what I do. How did you get the, um, the sports bug in your life? My dad. My dad is 50-something years old and he's still a better athlete than me at everything. Are he you serious? He'll me on the golf course, he'll whoop <laughs> me on the baseball field, you name it. He's just one of those gifted guys, but he grew up in Boston and went to college and played golf and baseball in college. And he was just, he just kind of instilled that into me early. Gave me a baseball when I was like four or five and fell in love with it and just kind of been there ever since. And so that's why you are a Patriots fan? Yeah, I feel like I always have to explain slash apologize for being a Patriots fan. Cause why, because you guys just have so much good fortune? Or I is mean, that... kind of, but it's just like whenever you hear a oh, North Carolina guy is rooting for the Patriots, he's, right, right. he's a bandwagon dude. But I was like four and had a Bledsoe, like old school jersey, like a little small Oh, wow. So, one, so, okay. It's legit. And although I will say I've been blessed. My dad's like, you just don't know. I went through years of Patriots just being terrible and... But my whole life, it's it's been really, really well, nice. Well, it's that plus you got the Red Sox. And the Red Sox. You know, Sox right, who dominate this year, yeah, obviously. Uh, it's it's one of those things. As a Boston sports fan, and from my generation, it's all we know is is really good sports teams. I think I saw something on the internet. It was just like there's three years since like 2000 a Boston sports team hasn't won a championship. So, yeah, uh, definitely lucky that my pops grew up there. Oh, it's amazing. That's so amazing to me. I'm from D.C., to... so it's been a little bit different, oh, except yeah. for the you Washington the Capitals. Capitals. Yeah. Oh, that was, I, I mean. That was fun to watch. That moment, when I still think about that moment, I could probably cry. Oh, I still man. get goosebumps. There's nothing it was like amazing. It. There's nothing like it. Live hockey, too, I think, is probably the most fun sport to watch. Because it's just so been, fast, yeah. and especially if it's overtime. Yes. Three then, on three or the yep, shootout. The shootout. To me, it's like football. I love it. But, like, if you break it down, it's like 12 minutes of action. Whereas mm -hmm. hockey, it's 60 minutes straight, and they're just hitting each other and flying into the boards, and yeah, it's pretty fun. So you get into it as a kid then. Your dad gets you hooked, and you're playing. What was your sport of choice, baseball? It was baseball, yeah. And I was a pitcher since he was a pitcher, and uh, he just kind of got me into it. And I was definitely, as I grew up, more of a Greg Maddox-style pitcher than a okay. Justin Verlander type, if you may. I, I did not have any pop in my fastball, but I could hit my spots, and... My senior year, I mean, I, I, idle for me was my junior year, and I came back from my senior year to high school and mm -hmm. played again. Senior year, I think I had like 51 strikeouts to four walks. Like, ah, that was a pretty good ratio. All right. But, yeah, <laughs> I talked to the local college coach, NC State's coach. He said, you got a D1 slider but a D4 fastball. So it's just, uh, yeah, one of those things. Pretty funny. Wait a minute. But, okay, so you go back. You just mentioned this. Uh, what was that like for you going back senior year after doing yeah. idle? It was different. It was fun. Uh, right off the bat, like the public school system made me like walk to class with two armed guards, like to every class, and none of my friends oh would my talk God. to me. Everybody Why? was like, I don't know. I, like I was trying to be normal again. Like I was just trying to be with my friends and hang out, and they just it was not good. So finally, after like two weeks, I, I looked at the cops and I said, Why don't you guys? Watch me from like 200 yards away. I'm, I bet I'll be okay. <laughs> and then my friends started talking to were me. Were they again. in uniform or were they? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. so it wasn't even like incognito. N nobody could get close. And I was just like, this isn't, that's not why I came back home. But yeah, it eventually worked out pretty good. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, what happened next? So after that senior year, then describe what yeah. that was like for you. Well, you know, for me, like I said earlier, like friends and family is so important to me. And, and just getting those experiences of, of being your normal 18 year old for me was important. So, what I did after senior year, uh, we went on tour with Brad Paisley. I guess that was kind of during that. So it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was in school, and Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I was on the road. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was an interesting oh uh, dynamic there. 
it's a pretty wild feeling to go from playing in front of 20,000 people to typing a paper 30 minutes later that's due in like an hour and you're like, oh my gosh, like I gotta get this paper in. But, you're like, do I really have to do this? I know, but you know, for me, I don't know, it was yeah. weird inside. I, I wanted, to, wanted to do it. So how did you do that? I mean, how did you compartmentalize all that and do, I mean, those are drastically different things. Yeah, it, it definitely was. And I really don't know. I didn't consciously think, okay, this is this and this is that. It was just, I just did it. I, I really just went to school and, cause I don't think of myself any different. I feel like any artist or anybody that's in the public light, you're just who you are, you know? And other folks are like, oh, I saw you last night on TV. I was like, yeah, it's cool. And they're like, why are you in class? I'm just back, you know, hanging out like everybody else. Trying to get yeah, graduated. education, yep. hang out, for With sure. two armed guards. Yeah, two armed guards, yeah. That was, that was something else. That was not good. What was the toughest part of that whole time? Uh, for me, going back to school was probably just convincing my friends, like, dude, I, I'm the same dude. And even my, my wife now, you know, when I came back, she wouldn't even really talk to me because, like, it was just different. And, oh, no. Yeah, oh, was, no. No, like, I was just like, man, come on, man. Although we were just kind of friends at that point and nothing crazy, but it was a homecoming week that year that I finally worked up the nerve to ask her out on the date. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah. So. Were you know, dating at that point at all? During Idol? Or? Before no, the homecoming? No, no, no. I'd always had my eye on her. Like, I remember driving through the parking lot at school and telling my guys, I was like, there she is, boy. She's just look incredible. And, I love and, it. Uh, so I'm glad it all worked out between us. You met her in kindergarten? Long time ago, kindergarten oh class. Very my first son day. starts kindergarten next year. See? So I'm going to be eyeing all yeah. those little... Look at all right? the girls. Yeah. She, he, uh, he might meet his wife there. <laughs> what is, what's your first memory, though, of seeing her? Is, that, is it there? Uh, yeah, it would have been elementary school. We were Seriously? all buddies. Like We yeah. just grew up together. In her kindergarten diary, she had a code name for me. My name was Coke. And like my other buddy's name was like Pepsi or something. Like it was something like that. And in her kindergarten diary, she had Mrs. Gabi McCreary written in hearts all over it. So it's just, it's one of those fate things, I think. I have so many questions. Wait, why'd they call you Coke? Why'd she, why? Because they didn't, like they would talk about me apparently when I was like right there, but they just called me Coke. So I wouldn't know they were talking about me. It's just elementary school Love kind it. of stuff. How but, crazy is that? Yeah. And then to think. All these years later. So you go to homecoming, you worked up the nerve. Yeah, well, she didn't win homecoming queen, and like I couldn't believe it. So I was like, I gotta, I gotta text her. I don't, I don't think that's right. And, <laughs> and then it kind of went from there. Put her in the music video for the Trouble with Girls. We shot that like the very next week, and I was on tour with. Paisley. That made everything better, right? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Although she was still like, what in the world is going on here? Like she wasn't all about it, but it. Uh, I eventually convinced her to keep going on dates with me, and yeah. Oh my it gosh. Was, it was pretty sweet. Scotty, that must have been so crazy going through that and then doing like videos, all that stuff, and you're still, I mean, I, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and we did all the, like that video we shot on the high school campus, like, and everybody's just like, what is happening? But it was fun. I really, that, those were, besides 2018, I'd probably say that was the best year of my life. It was just so much fun. And so bringing that part of it full circle, 2018, do you say that because you just got married? Yeah, we just got married. Uh, like so much change has happened in my life in 2018, mm -hmm. but it's all for the better. Getting married uh, to my best friend and starting a home together and uh, just having her out on the road some. We're getting a dog in December. Like so many cool <laughs> things are happening. I'm, I'm a little nervous about the dog, but I'm, I'm sure it'll be great. I don't uh, have any pets. I can't help you there. Oh, but man. I have kids. My thing is she's a nurse and I'm on the road. So it's just like, what's the dog going to do? And you know, we're away. But we got friends that are right there. But also like musically. Got my first yep. number one this year, and yep. another song that's climbing. It's like things are starting to click a little bit just overall in life, and it's a lot of fun. How much different is where you are now from where you were back there right after you were winning Idol? I feel like I kind of know who I am as a guy and as an artist, but just know what I want to say, know how I want to live, know what I want to do, you know, the good things I want to do and everything. So. Back then, it was like drinking water out of a fire hose. Like, I didn't, I didn't know what was happening. I was just like, oh, my gosh. And now it's just like life slowed down a little bit and just kind of taking it as it comes and enjoying it. You just went back to the, uh, the Opry, right, yeah. and played. What, how was that to be there, back? There's no place like the Grand Ole Opry. Like, that, to me, as a country music fan, the history, and uh, it's like the one place I still really get nervous before I go on stage. Like, butterflies galore. It's like... Just something different about it. It really is. What do you do when that happens? I just kind of 
pump myself up. I'm like, all right, man, just just go get it. And as soon as like you get out there and start singing, it's good. But it's just that the 30 seconds to 60 seconds before you're like, man, this is it's a grand old offer. Do you? I mean, don't you have like a, a pre-game ritual or something to get you in your headspace? Or yeah, a little bit. I used to listen to Rocky, like the Rocky. Are you song. serious? Yeah, I used to like be punching, like <laughs> running down, like where, I'm like in your dressing room, or just... yeah, on the bus anywhere. My my drummer loves Rocky too, so he'd be all about <laughs> it. We play it loud. Now it's just much more of a, all right, just breathe, just breathe, just hang out. But. Uh, yeah, and that was back in my sports days, and I had to really get pumped up and get going. Now you're much more zen. Much you're more zen. You're more like in the headspace. Oh, yeah. There'll be times I'm, I'm sleeping 30 minutes before I go on stage. I'm just taking a nap. I just need to calm myself down. Sometimes it's easy uh, when you look through your closet in the morning, you know, if you're one of those people that only owns like four or five bras, because sometimes maybe that might be a mundane item to shop for. I mean, maybe I'm talking from personal experience, but maybe it's just life. Um, so I'm very excited to talk to you about this next item because it really, for me, has been a game changer. Um, this is called Third Love, right? Third Love bras help you find the perfect fit. They use millions of real women's measurements. They design their bras with you know size and shape in mind for what they say is an impeccable fit and incredible feel. Here's what I did though, and I will tell you, you know, sometimes it's not, if you don't have time to go to the mall and go shopping, whatever, you can do it online, but let's be honest, that's tough to size, right? So they've got this really cool fit finder quiz. You answer a few simple questions to help you find the perfect fit. Over 10 million women have taken the quiz to date. I can tell you I did it in between doing random things around my house, like trying to put some sort of dinner on the, on the table for my kids, uh, you know, and trying to, like, you know, do something nice for my husband. Um, comfort and quality, hands down, after I took that quiz and then I got it delivered to me, um, I can tell you that it was one of the most comfortable bras that I've owned. The coolest thing, I think, are tagless labels because you don't have to worry about anything that's, like, scratchy and all that stuff. Um, it's also really cool fabric because sometimes, you know, you think you might have to sacrifice some, you know, looks or sexiness, what have you, you know, to have a really incredible fit. But that's not the truth. They've got a lot of different items to choose from. So Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated solely to helping you find that perfect fit. And if you don't love it, you can return and exchange and it's free and it is easy. So Third Love, they know that there is a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners, 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash Lindsay now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. And trust me, I like it so much, I would never normally put my name in with like a URL that contains something that's bra related, but I'm doing it. That's thirdlove.com slash Lindsay for 15% off today. It's awesome. Trust me, your boobs will thank you. So five more minutes that performance that you did the first time you were at the Opry, yeah. right, was incredible. Thank you. Right? And when you went out there and did that, how was that for you, that moment, performing that song? And for I know a lot of your fans obviously are hearing this, but for people that don't know, five more minutes about um, time that you would just love to be able to have back, right? Whether yeah. it's back on a, a football field or back with someone that you love that is no longer here or... Yeah, I had written this song. It kind of encompassed all of life, just those moments that we all love and think back too fondly of just wanting more time. But I'd, write, I'd written this for my grandfather, Granddaddy Bill, and we just lost him like two weeks prior to writing the song. And so it was just kind of like things I still wanted to say to him, things I didn't get to say or just wanting to go on the golf course and hang out with him again. Cause he and did was, you set out to write that after for a reason or was it just like... Yeah, you know, for me, I just I, I pulled from real life, just pulled from yeah. things I've lived and that's kind of where I write from. I can't pull things out of thin air and imagine, and I've got to live it. So it's just kind of where I, the headspace I was in that day here in Nashville writing, and uh, we started writing. It just kind of started falling out, and as soon as we finished up, I, I tweeted out. I was like, I think I just wrote my favorite song I've ever written. Mm -hmm. Like, I just instantly knew. So it took a while before we ever debuted at the Opry, but when we did, it's just like all those emotions came flooding back to me, and just saying my granddaddy, wasn't physically there, but you yeah. know he was watching you know, at the Opry and he was proud. So that was uh, that was definitely a special night. Is that hard as an artist in moments like that when you're battling with that kind of emotion too and that kind of situation? It's a little bit because I feel like you're, you're fighting yourself. Like you don't want to show the emotion. Like all right, keep it together, keep it together. But I feel like in a live performance or in writing songs or anything, showing the emotion is just even even stronger, you know, it makes the song that much better and the fans really appreciate it that much better because they've been there too. So 
sometimes that's just me being the man, you know, not wanting to show any emotions, mm -hmm. but sometimes that's for the better. No, but that was awesome, and I, I encourage anyone to go back and watch that performance because it was, oh, I mean, thank you. it, it gives you chills. And the other the part of that song, too, that I like is when you write about um, five more minutes on the field, right? Yeah. The football field, and how uh -huh. the next time you go, you're going to have to buy a ticket yeah. to play. What were you thinking during that part? What was going through your mind? We were just talking about, I mean, talking. About, I played baseball, and but football in my town, like in Garner, it is, football is king. It's, the whole town gets together and watches it. And, my senior year, we lost the state championship, Ugh. like the last one, and the the strongest dudes I've ever seen were just bawling their eyes out, and just it's over, and you know they're gonna come back the next year, and and are gonna be in the stands, and that's just kind of what we were talking about. It's just wanting a little more time on the field, just lace it up one more time with the boys, hang out there, and it's uh, those moments you can't get back, so you just gotta enjoy them while you're while you're living in the moment, but. Yeah, we must have been in an emotional state that day writing that song, just <laughs> bringing it all back. It's funny, though, because that's the one thing um, that I feel like a lot of athletes that retire, you know, or that take a break or whatever, stop. The, the one thing, because I'm really interested in that, is yeah. what's the hardest part? It's the camaraderie, right? And it's not being in the locker room every day, and it's yeah. that whole thing. And I think, I it, it. you know, like it sounds like obvi that's obvious, but you don't realize how real that is for them. Yeah, you know, that's until your life. You have it. Absolutely. It's your life. It's your passion. It's, those are your, your buddies. You're just with every single day. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, you're not. It's mm -hmm. got to be tough. Can't imagine folks that played the professionals. Like they, since they were five years old, they probably had that. And all of a sudden, 30 years later, they don't. That's got to be tough. But it's the beauty of sports is bringing everybody together. Do you, uh, do you do things like an athlete? I mean, I heard that you're kind of, you know, specific about your, um, your training, your Right? Yeah, try to be. Getting a little better <laughs> at that. Man, when I was playing ball, I was like Mr. In Shape, and then you get on the road, and it's tough on the road, but my wife is very run every day, eat good and everything, so she's getting me a little back in the, in the uh, athletic kind of training mode. She's a soccer player. She's just naturally okay. gifted as well. She's awesome at it, too. If she was, her sister played soccer at NC State, and Gabi was just as good, but she's, she's a little small little thing, so... But she's she's awesome. She's great. What do you think about Tom Brady's uh, the TB12? Oh, his I love whole, it. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, pliability. That's what he's all about. It's, it's pretty all, amazing. It is, especially for him to be doing what he's doing at that age. Mm -hmm. Like, golly, whatever he's doing is working. You know. Well, except this weekend against the Titans. Except, that yeah, I happened. So well. Yeah, had to go to that game. I was like. I had rehearsals after that, and I was like, man, I, I'll leave at halftime because it probably won't be a game after that. And just cocky Patriots fan, they kicked our butt, right, start to finish. I don't know what that was. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what it was. It was Mike Rabel. Yeah. Because he had that inside scoop, he knew, right? He knew, how to, he knew how Coach Belichick thinks mm -hmm. and kind of how to combat that for sure. Not too many guys uh, can say they were a linebacker and catching touchdowns in the Super Bowl like Rabel was. So he knew, amazing? He knew how they thought for sure. It's got to feel good for him, oh. you know, coming oh, yeah. back and beating your old coach. But you know what I think is the coolest thing is that in his um, post game and everything, he he wasn't didn't brag about it at all. You know, really? obviously people were That's asking good. him. He was just really like, just glad to be above five hundred. Yeah. Right? Well, good for him. Go I, get I it. I feel like he's got to love Coach Belichick and those guys for kind of, you know, putting him in that position and helping him out along his way up. And it's probably it's got to feel great coming back and seeing all his former coaches and everybody. And then beating them. Mm -hmm. And beating them, yeah, so, right? absolutely. <laughs> there wasn't even a question, start to finish. I, I walked in the game and it was already seven to nothing. I mean, I was like, what? In oh, the world really? Is happening? Yeah, but hey, it's all good. As a as a New England fan, do you get worried about the post Brady area? Yeah, that's all I've known. Like my generation, I mean. All I've known is Brady Belichick and it's like greatness. So he's only got two years, I'd say, max. What do you think? Three? I don't know. He keeps talking about wanting to play until he's 50. But I'm a really big fan of his. Um, I honestly, I thought, I thought he might have been done after really? last year. So I'm glad he's not. Yeah, and me I, too. I think I don't. I was just crazy. I'm sure Giselle, after watching yesterday, got sacked like five or six right? times. Was probably texting. You sure you don't want right? to come back home, hang it up? Does your yeah. wife give you any feedback, like from your performances, or? Oh yeah, she'll tell me. I mean, I, anytime I write a song, she's the first one I send it to, and she'll be like, "Oh, that is that's awesome, that's great," or she'll be like, "Man, that sucks. Like that, that's no good. Like good try." So she's very honest with me, which I love. But yeah, you need that. You need honesty. You know, that's the only way you get better.
Has she ever said that she didn't like something that you really liked? Oh yeah, I'm like, you don't like that? Like what? That's so good. I'm like no, I don't really <laughs> get that one. So, but hey, she's the best part about her is that like she loves what I do and it's like awesome. Mm -hmm. Loves to come on the road, but at the same time she could not care less. Like, and that's what I think you need in this kind of craziness of a business that we're in. You know, keeps you grounded. Well, it's all, I mean you've known her since before you yeah. guys could write basically. Yeah, literally. Right? Uh -huh. Seriously. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that for sure. She's a she's awesome. She's a strong woman. Uh, but what's amazing also is that your video is your entire wedding. Yeah, this is it video. Yeah, it's uh, we just thought you know if that's going to be a kind of our wedding song. I sang it to her, you know, our wedding night. It's just like we couldn't have actors and actresses portraying us yeah. in a music video. So uh, it turned out great. I think it captured the emotion and everything. Told myself I wasn't going to cry, but definitely <laughs> cried a lot. So. They, uh, they got it all. And so let me get it straight. So this is, so you did the song, and when you're thinking about how you're going to do the video, you decided that you wanted it to be you guys, but you literally used only your footage from yeah. your actual wedding. Yeah, it was nothing so, else. So what was that conversation like with Gabby? With when her? You, yeah. Yeah. I had to do just a little bit of convincing because she's seen music videos before with me, and it's massive production. There's trucks, and they've got lights everywhere, and cameras here, and... <laughs> sound and every, there's everything and she's like we're not having a huge production at our wedding well it's so, like 60 more people that you have yeah, to invite exactly. right exactly we can't feed these people like they don't have any place to stay but uh finally she agreed like two camera guys that's it they'll just be in the background and and they did two camera guys that's, that's all? all it was yeah and they killed it like they they did so good i texted him i was like oh you didn't get me crying did you and he's like oh I, we got it from like different angles all over so <laughs> The money was, shot, uh, man. Yeah, I, I guess so. That's the only one people talk to me about. Like, what about it? Like two minutes and thirty seconds when you're balling. I was like, well, yeah, no, it's just how it was. Get one take in that kind of music video. There's no cut. Let's do it again. So the yeah. first time you watched that, what's? It was fun. It it was. Just Where kinda, were you? We were on our honeymoon. Actually, we were up and we went down to Tahiti to Bora Bora, and we were sitting in our little bungalow. And I was like, ooh, I just got the email for a music video, and so we sat there and watched it and we only had a couple edits but it was it's pretty special to be able to relive that anytime you want just click on your wait what'd you edit what was the edit it was mainly she she thinks she makes little quirky faces she's like oh we I'm, <laughs> I'm smiling weird there i'm doing this so things i would never see but do you know what's so funny is we um when we got married we you know obviously ours wasn't a music video but when we did get the video and when we played it back i when we were saying the blessing, I was like looking up around the room at everyone and I was, I were watching this and it was so embarrassing. Like, it, and I don't know what I was doing, but it is very like, strange to like Just watch yourself. Your yeah, I'm like, what is going on? What are you doing? Woman? Um, no, um, you said Bora Bora. That's where we went. Did you go to Bora Bora? Oh my gosh. How incredible right? is that place? Shouldn't everyone go there? They should. I, I didn't want to come home. I just about canceled the I tour. Felt. Like, we're, we're staying there. And I really think the perfect way to do it, because everyone, the first thing they say is, it's way too far. It doesn't take forever. I think if you fly to L.A., mm -hmm. you know, hang out, and yeah. then go, it's perfect. We, I think we, you could honestly do it in like four days. I would do it in four days. It's that oh, amazing. Yeah. It, was, it was incredible. And you sleep. Our flight was through the night. So it was like yeah. we basically just went to bed on the plane and woke up and it was morning in Bora Bora. And we're like, oh, perfect. We didn't have any jet lag or anything. We were ready to go. That place, and everybody's so nice there. Like, yeah. the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Yorana, that's what they Yorana. say. Yorana, Hello. right? Hello, And then yeah. whenever they're saying... Because it sounds like, oh, Yorana, uh -huh. right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yorana. Or when they say you're welcome, it's Madudu, Madudu. <laughs> but it sounds like they're saying Madudu. And we're like, what the heck are they saying? But it's Marudu or something like that. Um, but nice did, people. Did you fish? Because we went fishing there, we deep fish. sea, but we did not catch anything. So that oh, was the really? one that, yeah, that was a bummer. But it was a really cool experience. It we was a went good day. swimming with some sharks and, like, rays. Did y'all do that? No. How was oh, that? Amazing. Goodness. It was frightening, like, terrifying. But eventually you just kind of go there and see them swim, like, right underneath you. Like, they say, don't touch the sharks. It's like, you do not have to worry about that with me. I am not touching the shark. <laughs> but it was an awesome trip. So when you came back, was it, like, life just getting right back into the grind or we had a uh, I think I had like a few days off uh and then we just got back on the road so it uh yeah it was reality check quick you know get back from Bora Bora right. and all of a sudden back to the real world and getting the house together and then hitting the road so love the road I love my road family but it's just like it's not it's not Bora Bora man 
want to be back. I remember when we came home, the day we got there, there was like a foot and a half of snow on the ground. I was like, oh, welcome no, back. It was like the is, earliest snow they had ever had in Connecticut. That is October. the worst. Yeah. Jeez. No doubt one of the things I love most about doing this podcast and talking to these artists is finding out how it all started for them. And that's something that I also love about one of my favorite podcasts, which is Origins. And you need to, right now, go check out the live episode of the Origins podcast with special guest Sarah Jessica Parker. It was brought to you by the American Express Business Gold Card. To celebrate the launch of the new Business Gold Card, host James Andrew Miller sits down with Sarah Jessica Parker to talk about how she turned her business idea into gold. Known as an actress and a producer, you might remember her from Girls Just Want to Have Fun. That was my favorite years ago. She's also a serious businesswoman with advice and best practices to share. So visit www.originsthepodcast.com to listen. When you think about what it has taken and like, the, you know how you said you've learned a lot about yourself and that thing, yeah. to, to be able to be in the space where you are right now and compare that to athletes. Because I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking how much must there be in common among the characteristics that that you it's have to have, a lot, right? right? Yeah. I know. Like, what do you, what do you think the things? The preparation uh, and the amount of work that goes into getting to a certain level. Like those athletes, uh, they're working every day, working out at four a.m., getting up and watching tape after dinner. During like the amount of preparation that goes into what makes them elite, what makes them at that level. Uh, it's just it's different. There's how many kids, you know, want to go to the NFL and how many kids want to do this? Yeah. It's one of that select few that are working hard like that to get up there. So for music, I mean, you go down Broadway on Nashville any night, mm -hmm. there's some incredible acts down there. You're going to hear good music anywhere, but it's, uh, it's one of those select few that are really doing that tiny extra thing that kind of gets them that one leg up, you know? So what's your preparation then? Do you what do you do you have a set routine that you kind of? Yeah, a little bit. I think for anything, it's just writing songs and really diving into it and not turning it off. So for us, for me, it's like conversations at dinner, or conversations with family, friends, anything. I'm thinking ideas. You know what? What can we write about next next record? Anything like that. And uh, there's other guys out there that want it, want it bad. So you gotta want it just as bad and work your butt off. Cause if you don't, somebody else will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting that you, uh, when you pull all your, from your personal experiences, and I know, like, obviously that's what songwriters do, but when you see your videos, they're all your personal experiences, literally, yeah. like the home video in five more five minutes. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you envision that that's, like, do you, is that just something that you love to do, or how yeah. did... I just love sharing my, you know, telling stories. Mm -hmm. I feel like at the root of what I do, it's, it's me telling stories, so... Uh, that's to me what country music's all about. And I like my videos to kind of complement that and for them to see the story behind the song through a film or whatever, you know. So anything to help tell the story is, is something I really like. I love it. When you said you went through a really tough time, what was that? Uh, man, 2016 was not, not my favorite year I've lived. We, uh, I thought we'd been doing good. We had a couple albums come out and went to number one on the charts and singles that did well. But, we were out in Los Angeles uh, filming Idol. We were doing like a mentoring session. And okay. I get the news like that night, it's like you're getting dropped by your label. And I was like, holy cow, like that's, that's not how I thought we'd start the year. But uh, you know, you just kind of got to pick yourself up by the bootstraps and keep rocking and rolling. And so we did. Uh, it took about a year of work and attorneys and all that mess. I don't want to have to deal with attorneys at, at 20 something years old. But, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you do. Uh, but then we got out of it, and I'm having more fun now than I've ever had. Uh, the music's working now, and we're on the road, and the shows are selling out again. So uh, sometimes, you know, life sucks, but you just gotta keep rolling. But that's hard stuff. I mean, when you get that kind of news, right? Yeah. What was what was the toughest part of that? Uh, you know, it's probably just inside, just wanting to have a little hope. You know, you couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You're like, man, when are we ever gonna get out of this? You know, it just Nothing we were doing seemed to be working, so uh, that was probably the toughest part was just mentally inside, like, God, I just want to do music. I, that's all I want to do, and didn't have that avenue to, to do that at the, at the time. But once we got out of there, then mm -hmm. it, was, it was like I just wanted to prove folks wrong, and like, you know, it's just one of them things. What got you through it? 
Uh, what helped you most? Yeah, yeah, my wife, she was there every day. She'd see me like at my worst. And I'd be like, worst days, just honestly, sometimes moved to tears. It's just like, I can't do anything to fix this and I want to fix it like now. And she was just a rock for me and prayer and all that. But that's just an inner belief. You got to believe in yourself. You can't believe in yourself, you know. Mm -hmm. What can you do? So I knew we'd get out of it. It just took a little longer than would have liked, but. Because you can't see what how it's gonna happen. Yeah, you don't you don't Plus, know what that magic. You had been on such a high, right, from uh -huh. the idol thing. What, I mean, because were you in a situation where you felt like, okay, here here we are, here you know, I'm you're making it, and mm -hmm. everything's going well. Yeah, everything was in the right direction, and then it's like, boom, you get knocked off the tracks. So it's just it was just unexpected, unexpected detour. But life's never a straight line, you know. You kind of gotta go around things sometimes to get to the final destination. And you know that, but like, you know, yeah, but, but you no one really wanna, thinks yeah. that. No, <laughs> right? you don't want to actually have to really go enough. through it. That's not my life. I'm the what? guy walking with armed guards through my school, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, life should yeah. be great. What the heck? Yeah. But hey, it's all good. Honestly, better for it now. Like, going through that and getting through it, like, prove something to yourself. Like, okay, you know, I got this, you know. Kind of have a little more belief in yourself now than you did before all that. So what was the moment that it, it turned around? Was there one moment where you were like, yeah, I mean, it was when we got the call after like a year of negotiations that, okay, we're out of everything, now we can move forward. And we put five more minutes out independently. Like, we didn't have a label, didn't have anything. We were just like, we believe in this song. We're going to get this thing out there and let the people hear it. And it was the first song in country music history to chart without a label. We're like, man, like, this is, it's happening. And then... Were you nervous? Yes, I was nervous. Oh, my God. Like, nobody releases a song and it works. Nobody does that without a label. Like, you need the push, you need everything. And, but we just had this crazy idea, like, we believe in the song, we've been getting standing O's when we sing it live, let's just put it out there and see if a station in Texas will play it and see if a station in North Carolina will play it. And then little by little, it's like the whole country. And eventually my label, Troop of Tigers, came on board and gave it that final push to number one. But my goodness, like, the initial push was scary. Were you, how heavily involved were you in that? Oh, like every day. I mean, we were getting calls. Can you go do this radio show? Can you, I'm like out running errands and I get a call, hey, can you call Bobby Bones? And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give him a ring. And oh, so wow. it's just like at any moment we had to be there ready to, to drop everything and go and just, and try to figure stuff out, so. But and people might not know, I mean, you had to fight for that song, oh, right? Because yeah, you had written yeah. it and it was basically when owned by the label, the label. That, that dropped me. So I didn't, yeah, I wrote the song, but you know, I don't have rights to put it out or anything. So that's why we couldn't put the music out in 2016. It's like we have it, but we don't, it's not ours. So weird, but that's just how it works. Well, and it's also interesting too, like just the timing of it, man, because that song is in a way for people, I think it's probably therapeutic. Yeah, it's right? healing. Because it's what, something everyone relates to. Absolutely. Music, to me, it's it's healing. It's powerful. Yeah. You can hear a song, and it takes you back to one of your happiest moments. You hear a song, and you're like, man, it's taking you back to a bad moment. Like, music is is very, very powerful. And this song, uh, the best part about it has been hearing other people's stories. You know, I wrote it for my granddaddy, but it's been hearing folks thinking about, you know, their mom, their dad, uh, grandchildren, uh, or they're thinking about their sports times on the football field or, mm -hmm. you know. So that's every meet and greet, every tweet I'm getting has been folks telling me their stories. And it's cool to see that my song is having that kind of impact on people. That's exactly what uh, Cole Swindell told me about um, You Should Be Here. Yeah, you know, same exact heck, thing. Yeah. He said you don't realize until... What a song. Yeah, right? Cole, is he's a songwriter, that guy. He wrote, before he was an artist, he wrote a song called Water Tower Town. And I put that on my first record. I think he was like selling t-shirts for Luke Bryan. <laughs> yeah. And we called him up and we said, Cole, we're going to make this a single. And he, he just about started crying on the phone. He's like, I can't thank you enough. Are you serious? Like, <laughs> that is so cool. And, and now he's Cole Swindell and he's written 10 number ones or whatever it is. Like he's the superstar. And so he's a buddy. He's, he's the real deal. It's funny because he also said, though, that it takes so much courage, right, to decide which song you're going to keep for yourself after you're writing, 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 yeah, right? And so when yeah. he finally did that and finally made it, and then to think about the juxtaposition with how you started, right, with Idol. Sure, yeah. Start with such a bang, and then it's just like, you still gotta figure yourself out, what you wanna say and all that, but uh, definitely two different ways of starting out from selling t-shirts and writing songs for fun, and then yeah. just making it and having that determination to, it happens, and then you gotta figure out how to keep it going, so. 
Yeah, I'm a big fan of Coles. He's one of the good guys. Mm-hmm, for sure. Definitely. You said you were you were working at a, what kind of store before you? I was a grocery store bagger. Mm-hmm. Coles with the Coles, the toiletries with the toiletries. I had it down pat, but <laughs> it's, uh, this is a little more fun of a job than, than that was, for sure. When you think about the biggest lesson you've learned so far, what would you say it is? Oh, uh, my goodness. There's a lot. Self-belief, like we were just talking, mm-hmm. it's, it's a massive. How can you get on stage? How can you do what you do if you don't believe in what you're doing and believe in yourself? Uh, and also, Brad, when I was on tour with Brad Paisley, he was always preaching friends and family close. Keep your friends and family close. His dad is, goes to every show with him, Doug. I mean, call oh, him really? the sheriff. Like he's, <laughs> he's running things out there. And so for me, that, that's, that's probably, you know, little reason as to why I feel so close to Carolina and so close to home. It's just because mm-hmm. Brad was always hammering that in about how important it was to him. And he's kind of a good guy to go by. You know, he's done all right for himself. Absolutely. But it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Brian Arakpo is a football player. When I, I covered him when he was with Washington when I lived there for a long time. And mm-hmm. I remember he said one time in an interview how tough it is and people don't realize once you, you know, make it or you at least get to the highest level in your field that the friends part of it becomes difficult too. Yeah. Right? All of a sudden you're getting a lot of calls and it's just, uh, yeah. Well, the, my thing is you know who's your friend. If they were there for you before, and you can, you can make friends afterwards too. Folks are like, they're telling me, man, the friends after you make it are going to be different. than it's like, yeah, but there's still great people out mm-hmm. there. I'd say most people are good. Like a Luke yeah. Bryant song, you know. But yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's the truth, you know. You just got to see the good in people for the most part. So much craziness going on nowadays and hate and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. I think at the core of people, there's still mostly good people out there. I believe it at least. I do too. Heck yeah. We get a lot of boxes delivered to our home, and mostly when I open them, I'm met with some disappointment because they're like paper towels, maybe toilet paper, diapers, wipes. Um, But the box I'm most excited about receiving is my box from Stitch Fix because this is a service that I just tried out, and the system that they have to set you up got me really excited. Uh, Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service that finds and delivers clothes, but not just clothes, also shoes and accessories that fit your body, they fit your budget, and they fit your lifestyle. And I had heard about this, but listen, I, you know, being on air, there are a lot of times that I want to have a lot of different items that I can wear or rent or what have you. Some other services I find, sometimes the dresses you want aren't in stock. They're out. They don't have them. So Stitch Fix is different because it's actually like you have a personal stylist. And so what I did is I just went to stitchfix.com slash players. And I told them my size. I told them the styles I liked. It was awesome. It was sort of like a a little game like I would play with my kids. They had all these different images pop up um, in their outfits that are accessorized. And they even have, you know, shoes, a purse, earrings, whatever. Um, And you get to pick what looks are most like you. So it's that kind of process. But you tell them your size, the styles you like, how much you want to spend on each item. And then you get to be paired with your very own personal stylist. And that stylist handpicks items that are sent right to your door. And you try them on, you pay only for what you love. That's what I love about this because it's so simple to return the rest. It's the shipping exchanges and returns, they're always free. There's no question about it. And there's also no subscription required, which is awesome. You can sign up to receive scheduled shipments to get your fix whenever you want. So the styling fee is only 20 bucks. That's applied toward anything that you decide to keep from your shipment. And overall, I mean, it's just like a surprise in a box. Who doesn't want that, right? Seriously. So get started now at stitchfix.com slash players. And if you put that in, you're going to get an extra 25% off when you keep all the items in your box. So that is stitchfix.com slash players to get started today. Stitchfix.com slash players. One more time, stitchfix.com slash players. What is your championship moment? If you have one. As far as? Anything. Your Super Bowl, what would it be? Oh, man. Scotty. My Super Bowl, well, so far my career was getting that first number one because that was like the hump. We had champagne ready. We popped it. <laughs> like, I pretended like we won the World Series or something. Like it was, it was so fun. Uh, Where were you when you found out? I was in the mountains of North Carolina up in our little cabin, and it was me and my wife. And we, we had one really nice bottle to drink and then like some of like the $3 <laughs> Andre or whatever you get out there and just sprayed it all over the mountains. And it was, uh, it was super fun. 
And I don't know, outside of that, you know, you want to keep building and be an arena act one day or do amphitheaters. But for me, after working so hard, getting that first number one, I don't think anything will really top that feeling for me. It was awesome. It really was. So you've got to either be like in Bora Bora or the mountains or amazing yes. locations. And then you're that's where you are usually when you're getting good news. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. I hadn't thought about it like that. But yeah, it's kind of almost where you'd least expect it. You know, you're kind of at your escape, but then you get good stuff. Heck yeah. And pretty soon you'll be able to share that with your dog. My dog, Moose, he's, he's coming in December, so he'll be a little <laughs> Christmas puppy. We've got the cage already, the kennel. He's, it's in our sunroom, and Gabi just can't wait. We have toys. Like, we don't even have the dog yet, but we've got everything we need for it. So. I love it. You're prepared. Yeah, we're right. ready. Yeah, the sooner the better. Absolutely. Uh, so you've got a tour, too, coming up. Yeah. How's that? How's Seasons the prep for change that? Tour. It's good. We're rehearsing this You're week. grinding it? We are. We got our set list set. We're throwing in some new covers, like some stuff you wouldn't expect from us, and um, it's pretty cool. Bringing up some friends, too, Jimmy Allen. Nice. He's got the number three song in the country right now. He's kicking butt, and Heather Morgan is opening, and she's got one of the best voices I've heard in a while, almost like Leanne Womack. Like, it's okay. incredible. Nice. So I'll be side stage listening to her every night, and it's fun. It's cool to have your own tour and be able to kind of make your set how you want it. It's, like a, it's almost like making an album, being creative and figuring things out. What's it like when you uh, get ready to actually start and debut it? Oh, I've been nervous. I mean, it's a lot of work. It's a team effort. My crew's been getting all the lights together, and the band's been working up the arrangements, and we're figuring out set list and fan interactions and how we want to do this and that. So that first night, it'll be almost a little bit like walking on the Opry, the butterflies and everything. But hopefully once we get out there, you know, it'll all be calm, and we'll just go with the flow. What was it like for you to be back out at the Opry after that first time? Because I know you just did it this past weekend. Yeah, oh, it's just incredible, especially being how important the Opry was for five more minutes, like debuting it there yeah. and everything. It's just, it's even more special for me now, going back there and remembering that day and how far we've come since then. Because that was, that's 2015, so it's, it's been three years wow. since then. When you debuted it and you were watching people listening in that moment, I know you said you were thinking about your granddad and yeah. stuff, but... Are you registering that at that moment, like yeah. how they're reacting? You can tell. You can really tell when the fans are engaged because there's phones now, there's Apple Watches, there's everything. Folks get distracted easily. It's just the nature of it. And during that performance in particular, you could tell there were no phones up. There was no nothing. Folks were like eye to eye with me in their ear. You could tell they were listening. It's like, man, they're, they're really getting this song. And I could tell that as we're singing, and then as soon as the last note hits, it's just... Opry crowd stood up, and it's just emotions came over me, and it was that was a, that was a special moment. That was like a might not be the Super Bowl. That's like an AFC Championship right there. Which was, I'm glad you said that because <laughs> I think sometimes that's more important. Yeah, I mean I think this getting because getting there, getting there, uh, yeah, yes, getting over that hump. Thank you, and, absolutely, right? Uh, Don't you think? I mean, I know it sounds crazy to say it out loud, but like getting to the Super Bowl, I think, is a bigger deal. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. No, winning I, I, is huge. I get where you're coming from. All the hard work, your right? goal is always to play in that Super Bowl game, to have that moment of fourth quarter, it's on you. And you can't have that moment, you know, unless you get yeah. there, for sure. Yeah. It's got to be a surreal feeling. It was on the Opry stage, I'll tell you that much. So who was your uh, MVP? Uh, of the of your Super Bowl, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. My MVP, huh, uh, I'd probably say my wife. I mean, she's my MVP of everything, but, like, that song in particular, just all the hurdles I had to get over to, to get to where we could put it out, and she was there every step of the way. Like, when I didn't believe, she believed, and, like, she, uh, she's definitely a rock for me, absolutely. I love that story about just you really persevering and putting it out there on your own. It was crazy. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, if I could... Had to do it again. I, we might even think again. It's just like that's just doesn't happen like that. Because you're yeah. Because you overthink it, yeah, right? Exactly. But I'm glad we glad we pulled the trigger and and made the move. Me too. All right, Scotty. Thank you so much. Thank so great you. to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. I've watched y'all over, and you're, oh my gosh, you're an incredible talent. And well, thank you. Yeah. So very cool you're to so, talk with you. Thank you very much. No, it's awesome, and good luck to your um, continued success with your New England teams. Thank you. Oh yeah. At least for the next couple years. I hope. At least so give it. us two more years, Tom. <laughs> two more if you're listening. <laughs> He'll probably come back and give us like seven, right? He said he wanted to play against Aaron Rodgers in 2022. You know what? I don't doubt him. I, I don't mean, doubt him. I'm not going to doubt him either. I'd love to see it. Hey, before we go, Aaron Rodgers loves Game of Thrones. Is there anything that you like binge watch while you're waiting? Oh, yeah. I've like just recently gotten into binge watching. Like 
We did The Haunting of Hill House. Have you watched that? No, but I'm dying Dude, to. Dude, it is. is it, I heard that people, you have to sleep with the lights on. Yeah, there. it is freaky. Seriously? There was one episode, like, me and scary movies, I like them but don't like them, but it, like, I yelled. Like, it made me physically yell. <laughs> like, I'm so scared, so... Netflix, right? Yeah. Netflix, yeah. I can't good. watch the trailer. It's, it's terrifying, but oh. I love it. We love scary movies. I do too. I do too. I get like really defensive. I'm like punching the air and stuff when something pops out. I just don't like it, but I love it. Scariest so. movie you've ever seen? Ooh. Um, like the original Conjuring movie, I felt like was really well done and super scary. I saw it. Again, I love scary movies. We were on the road. And I went and saw it by myself once. Bad decision. By yourself in a bad, movie theater? Bad decision. The next day, the band wanted to see it. So I was like, I'll go again with you guys because it'll, it'll be better. And we took a day off. And then the crew wanted to go see it. So I went and saw it like you three, three times, times in four days. You went three times to see The Conjuring. Yeah, it just freaked me out so much. I, wow. I don't know. Yeah. But, and every time you went, you saw something new. Like something in the back of that window right there looking at you. Freaky. Have you seen Strangers? The Strangers? Yes. Yes, that's like... That's probably up there with the content. That's the me. one. That's the one Heck that yeah. I can't. First time I watched <sighs> that movie, I was with my guys, and like, we were just hanging out. We watched it in real time. So like, when the sun was coming up at the end, the sun was coming up at our place, and it it was freaky. And for people that haven't seen it, I mean, the thing that gets me about that one is there is no redeeming quality at the end. No. It is as bad as it is in the beginning. It's nasty, but it's yeah. so good. And, but, yeah. Right. But it is. They never reveal who they are uh -uh. or anything. It's just like. Because this, you were home. Oh, it's Tamara. Oh. It's Tamara home. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's oh. a whole different podcast. We should do it. Uh, let's do, do a scary movie podcast. I think that would be phenomenal. I'd be down for that. Yeah. All right. Love Next it. time. For right. sure. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty, thank you. Thank you. So the deal is the next time Scotty and I do a podcast, it's only about scary movies. That is the trick. Uh, no, but thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. Thank you to my guest, Scotty McCreary. Huge fan. Really enjoyed him taking the time. And if you like this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to the other great episodes of Players. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you're there. And also, if you could tell 100 of your friends and then tell them to pass it along to like 100, that would be perfect. Thanks so much to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work, especially Bobby T, phenomenal producer. And thank you, of course, to my sponsors, Stitch Fix, Third Love, and American Express. Please support them the way they support this podcast. That means buying lots of things. I'm going to see you next week. Bye.